This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Beckinsale. Go for it, Joel. Go for it, Zach. Listener, welcome back. Go for the glory. Fight tooth and nail. Go for it. Mm. Bacon sale. Go for it. Bacon, Bacon sale. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the grunt in there, Joel. Was, mm, mm, mm. Doing the, the what would you call it? The white the white man bite. Lip. White man underbite. White man underbite. When yeah. you bite your lip, like. Oh it, yeah, here we go. That's like LL Cool J bite is it yeah oh yeah i just rolled up a pant leg in preparation <laughs> he so he licks his lips all the time too mm-hmm. <laughs> that's his thing uh what welcome to bacon cell i'm joel i'm kent i'm zach and we'd like to thank you for listening to our last show which was the parents guide game yes it mm-hmm. was uh it was we introduced the game that as we said is sweeping the nation now do we feel like it is do you, do you guys think that people liked it I think that a lot of people had a fun. I think they're definitely putting the scores on the social media, so people are playing. Well, the thing that cracked me up is everyone is kicking us for not getting Wally. Yes, it was the biggest thing I saw was everyone being like, "You didn't get Wally." Was it the cockroach? It was, it was the shopping, shopping carts. Cart. Oh, okay, they're like, "We got that, that. We got that." But I, I hear shopping carts. I just think of like Jacob and and like uh, kittens and yeah. What's carts. in the shopping cart? Yeah. Oh, many large bags of dog food. Vegans. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of vegans. vegans in the shopping cart. First of all, I would like to get a correction. Mm-hmm. Oh, there was a correction on the show. I don't know if you caught that, but it was it was a correction on the show. But it was more like, uh, editors know I may have one. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, maybe maybe check maybe. the scoring, listener. You do the work. <laughs> well, the work has been done, and I'm, I will be the one to say, I'm sorry, guys. Oh, who are you apologizing to? I'm apologizing the listener and me to the listener and. Kent. Okay, thank oh, you. I'm apologizing. <laughs> Kent was the winner. Taste. Yeah. Well, it oh. was it was a thing where I was like, okay, I gotta know. I gotta know what happened here. And so I went through with the spreadsheet and marked down every little point that we got. And Kent and I were actually neck and neck for almost the entire thing. Yeah. And literally, I think it was three rounds before the end, we were all tied up. So I was a like, good game. oh man, this is gonna be this is gonna be right down the wire. Mm-hmm. And then Kent pulled ahead. So well, that's what happens when I try to keep score and play along. So I'm just gonna keep score from now on. And just keep you your mouth shut, your and everything should be fine. So then, just Kent, <laughs> you won the DoorDash. Woohoo! You may get that food now. Oh, now I can. Now you can. Okay. Did you already order yours? No. <laughs> okay. No. I wanted to. Be, I want to be sure it's a clear and clean win first. Well, I will accept my week late victory. But it's we, almost like you were Miss America and you had to step down because of reasons. Yeah. Steve Harvey <laughs> over here <laughs> announced me as the winner and I felt like a princess. Anyway, La La Land won the Oscar. <laughs> Indeed. Oh. Uh, we also had some comments I want to read real quick, uh, including Matt's Mudro, who said uh, nine points, frowny face. But I've also only seen none of the movies mentioned. So fairly proud. Yeah. So I'm He's proud seen, of you too. That's good. Yeah. Very few. Yeah. And then we have uh, Nicole Perz-Turner. She said on Instagram, because we have an Instagram account, Zach. How oh, do you? Yes. <laughs> We're just uh, giving Zach a hard time. <laughs> we love you, Thanks, Zach. Zach. Hi. Uh, Nicole said, loved this episode, exclamation point. We listened twice, what? smiley face. Whoa. Wow. Then she said, then Christian spent way too much time on IMDb. We are official players of the Parents Guide. Yeah. yeah. You. Sweeping the county, at least. <laughs> yeah. And then Kendall J said, I'm glad to find out that when people need a Christopher Nolan expert, we can always count on Joel Hill. You had to read that one. I oh, did. Kendall, my troll. <laughs> but we really did have a good time with that. We hope you did too. And let us know. Like if, Even if you want to just challenge us randomly on Twitter or yeah. Facebook. But yeah, play with your friends. Let us know how it goes. We enjoy hearing that. But that's not what we're talking about today. 
What are we talking about today, Zach? Today we're talking board games. Oh, yeah. Oh, we played a game last time. We're tiering games today. That's yeah. the theme. <laughs> That's the theme. <laughs> well, we know a lot of excitement there. Yeah. Well, it's kind of this continuing theme shall we say of hey we know you may be bored out there well that's that's it like we've talked about what to watch when you're bored and puzzles are a big thing now or just hobbies and board games are a big lifesaver at this point Mm -hmm. and so hopefully you have these or maybe you've invested in more we're going to be talking today about mostly classic games yes and we've only picked a handful here so we actually have 15 games in total we looked at the top selling board games of all time and when we say board game we are getting a little loose with the term because the mm-hmm. technical board ga- definition of board oh, games boy. is a tradi- uh, traditionally a subset of tabletop games that involve counters or pieces moved or placed on a pre-marked surface or board according to a set of rules. Okay. Very technical. Yeah. I think we're going, we're talking tabletop games. It's a generic yeah. term, but board games is just an easier way to say it. And one of them not tabletop. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Depending on how you play. Yikes. Uh, Apparently, classical board games are divided into four categories of game. Race games, space games, chase games, and games of displacement. Apparently, they couldn't come up with the fourth one. Displace. I know, but they didn't say that. Yeah, that's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Tripped at the finish line. But board games have been around a long time, fellas. Anyone want to take a guess of when the first game was found? 1837. I would say older than that. I'd say like... 18, yeah, like Like a few years, (laughs) 1800, like right at it. Oh, gentlemen. Well, what about 3500 BC? What? Senate was the name of the game. (laughs) Found in (laughs) pre-dynastic. Was that that thing that happened with Caesar? (laughs) Yeah, it did. Uh, First dynasty burials of Egypt. They found this game. It's the oldest board game to know that has existed. It's actually a Wii remote. And then, (laughs) and then they have hounds and jackals. Another ancient Egyptian board game was around 2000 BC. Backgammon was in Mesopotamia about 5,000 years ago. What? Uh, Chess, Parcheesi, and uh, Chuapar originated in India. But yeah, why are we thinking in the 1800s? That's ridiculous. Because the earliest board game published in the United States was The Mansion of Happiness in 1843. This is an example of one. Mm -hmm. And this is a Christian morality based game where uh, sent players on a path. Uh, virtue and vices that either led to the mansion of ha- happiness, heaven, or not. Oh, I want to play yeah. this game. In fact, the period of 1880 to 1920 has been described as the golden age of board gaming in America. Really? Okay. Wow. Which seems a little weird considering most of the games we are going to talk about today are after that. Yeah, much after. But board games have seen a huge resurgence recently. In fact, around the year 2000s, the board gaming industry be- got started getting significant growth. And then in the 2010s, Another, uh, a couple publications have referred to it as the new golden age or the renaissance of board games. Do you think it's because people now embrace being a geek? Like it used to be kind of something that you'd hide in your basement as you're playing D&D or something. But now it's like, hey, come to my game night and we're going to be playing Settlers of Catan or Ticket to Ride, for example. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like I'm trying to figure out what it was because I noticed it too. I mean, I was in college and we had Mm -hmm. some games that we would play. Uh, Quelf, for example, was yep. a big fun one that we played. But it really wasn't until after I kind of got out of college that all of a sudden people started collecting them and having like game nights. And I saw this resurgence of all these old games that I loved. Now, I wonder if the sales are still for the old classics, which most yeah. of them we'll be talking about tonight, or if they are for the intense strategy ones where you have to learn the game as you're playing it for two and a half hours before you can ever actually play <laughs> the it. The Cones of Dunshire. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, see, I just think that people are nostalgic for the games. They're just like, I want to do something that's not a screen. Let's play a game. 
Yeah. Okay. We've watched a lot of movies. We played a lot of video games. Let's try and yeah. just, let's interact. It all, it almost feels like I mean back in the day they didn't have time for games mm-hmm. and now we have like too much time. Right. So plenty of time. And so then our our media like you said we want to switch it up try something different because we're actually interacting when we're playing a game with each other. Yeah. And, well, and I was going to bring this up too, Kinks. You you kind of brought it up. Apparently, crowdsourcing for board games is a huge part of the market. $938 million have been raised on Kickstarter in the past few years. In 2017 alone, $137 million on Kickstarter of people being like, oh, this is a game I'm coming up with. Wow. Fund me. And people will fund so they come up with a concept and then they get to make it yeah. based and, on that money. And, oh, my and gosh. Back in the day, you had to play the game. Back mm-hmm. in the day, play the game. <laughs> uh, you had to like go <laughs> to the companies again. and say, here's my game. What do you think? Right. And they would say, oh, we, yes, we'll, we'll market this. Or no, that's no good. Whereas now, you put it out to the public and you say, hey, Cones of Dunshire, this is how you play it. And it can Exploding get Kittens, for example. Yeah, Exploding yeah. Kittens is one of those Kickstarter games. That's so crazy. Yeah. But I didn't know it was that's that thing, big. There are too many games now. In fact, we want this. We're Spoiler alert. We want this to be the first part of maybe many because we're only covering a tiny fraction tip of the iceberg even of the classic games and there's more classics we want to cover but we will want recommendations that we'll ask at the end of the show from you as well Mm -hmm. we do and i was going to ask you guys what kind of uh, gamers board gamers you are i am so extremely competitive yeah uh the only games that you and i have played joel i think it's quelf if we were times up kind of oh yeah times up but and generally we're playing Team jk yeah team jk we were the winners every time (laughs) But I am in sports. I know I'm not very good. I try not to be competitive with much, like even dating or anything. I'm like, okay, whoever wins, wins, that sort of thing. But with board games, I will become a board flipper if the game goes too long and I know I'm losing. Like, <laughs> I'm not I, surprised. <laughs> you're not surprised. Not That's at so all. mean. <laughs> but I love playing long games like Monopoly and whatnot. We'll get there. But I get so enraged if I lose control when I, and, and I get really quiet too because yeah. I, my poker face isn't very good, so I just get quiet. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Zach? I am a watcher, actually. I don't really love playing the games. I like being in the room when people do it. I can bounce away and really? eat snacks. I almost look at it like a sporting event. Like, I literally watch and I go, oh, my gosh, I think someone's going to Oh, he went win. down that ladder. I, I literally oh, he's spend, climbing up that ladder. Go, yeah. Jill. I spend more time watching than actually playing because I don't like getting invested too much because I yeah. generally play them in a, in a social setting. Um, but we, we do play a couple games as a family, uh, at least, you know, growing up. But, uh, but most of the time, I'm just like, what's happening? What's the strategy here? Yeah. Huh. And then I comment and do, you know, and you can obnoxious laugh. things. You can laugh without play. the anxiety. Yeah. I don't have to think about it, and I get to make all the jokes. Interesting. What about you, Joel? Uh, I am definitely one who will get into games. I try to keep it light and fluffy. There have been times, obviously, when I've let my passions get the best of me. There's one game in particular that I was in a competitive mood, and I get, I get frustrated. I get very frustrated when people who are at the table playing the game are not paying attention to the game. Oh, yeah. When it's like they're having their own side for conversation, you have to remind them when it's their turn or when they're, you know, just not involved at all. And they're like, whatever, I don't even want to yeah. play. And I'm like, why Especially are you, you know, at with, the table? With cell phones or whatever. Yeah. Like, there's and a so time pressure. And there was a time a while back I was playing a game with a family. My sister-in-law, my poor sister-in-law was feeling very ill and I was feeling very competitive <laughs> and I was digging into her. And she has sworn off that game and will never play it again what because game? it was so awful that time's up, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. I try not to be too competitive, but sometimes I let it get the best of me. But I do. I love a good game. I love the camaraderie that comes with it. I love mm-hmm. when we're all together laughing, having a good time. And I, I just enjoy board games. I really do. I love Even if you ones. lose, you spend two hours playing a game and you lose. How do you feel? It depends how the game went. Okay. Like there's some games like Quelf, for example. Mm-hmm. 
I don't even remember. You're laughing who wins. the entire time. I have no idea who's won the right. games, but because it's all about what happens during risk. the game. Uh, I've had some very successful risks outed, uh, outings and some that aren't so successful. Mm-hmm. But I will. I, okay, so my brother-in-law, he collects games. Uh, Colton, what's up? You're awesome. Uh, but he has this whole big collection of games, and he's always finding new games. And he, oh, one of his well, things is every time we go to a family party at my wife's side of the family, he'll bring something new for us to try out. Oh, cool. Some of the games, absolutely fantastic. I really, really enjoy them. Some of them are so complicated that I'm just like, I just, I just got to get through this game. I just got to get through it. And I don't really understand everything that's going on, but he's very good at explaining how the game should work. Uh-huh. And so I've found that I'm much more, I lean much more towards the creative games where we're coming up with something or acting out something or okay, like, like a that. cranium, for example. Great, that's a great example because right. I love that. And it's categories, like the word wordplay. Yeah, but then when it comes to analytical games, when you got to start thinking like moves ahead, all of a sudden I'm like, oh man, this is not my style. <laughs> I'm not that forward thinking. I'm not that smart. Right. I find but, myself liking the card games for that reason. Maybe we should do a card games episode. I'm just saying because you get to create a little bit more. Maybe because yeah. you're prompted to do things as opposed to the board games where you maybe move around a board. Yeah. But then I like the structure of a board. But I love like being exposed to all these new games. And then the best part, and this is the same with movies, too, is when I find something I really enjoy and I'm able to share it with others and mm-hmm. they enjoy it as well. Yeah. And I do want to point out that it's not a complete waste of time. Apparently, linearly arranged board games have been shown to improve children's spatial numerical understanding. Oh. And then research studies showed that board games such as Snakes and Ladders result in children showing significant improvements in aspects of basic number skills, such as counting, recognizing numbers, numerical estimation, and number comprehension. Wow. And also it improves motor skills every time they grasp a game piece. I'm pretty sure a lot of these games taught me how to count. I think Sorry taught me how to count. Yeah? Yeah. Because you start looking ahead at how many spaces is Yeah, that? how many okay. do I need? Okay, yeah. four. Okay. Good. I learned, I learned money from Monopoly. So Math. we have 15 games in all, and we're going to tier them just like we would any other show. So we have five tier ones, five tier twos, and five tier threes. Tier one being the highest, tier three being the lowest. Let's get this started. I want to put a disclaimer. I don't absolutely hate any of these games, and it pained me to call yeah. them tier three. You threes. don't hate any of them? I don't think I hate any of them. Well, they're games. Games are meant to be fun. I dislike playing some of them. Most of the time. Okay, we'll get there. Well, these are from the list of some of the very best-selling ones of all time. So right. they are all pretty much all beloved. They're best-selling. Yeah, these are yeah. these are beloved games. So just don't get mad at me when I put your favorites so low. It's what we do. It's bake and sell. I don't like making people mad. You do. I do. All right, we're going to begin with what is oftentimes people's first board games when they're young. Gentlemen, we're going to start with Candyland. So basic description of Candyland. The race is woven around a storyline about finding King Candy, the lost king of Candyland. Players take turns removing the top card from the stack, most of which show one of six colors, then move their marker ahead to the next space of that color. It's really a game of luck. Totally a game you of just, luck. You just yep. pull There's a card, no strategy. and you get a color, or you get two colors. Yeah. And then you get to move those colors, and that's it. Yeah. And it's perfect for kids. It's great for kids because, first of all, it's candy, which is great. Right? Mm. And secondly, it's simple. You don't even have to, you don't really have to count. You just go to the whatever color, the green one. It's like, okay, the next green space. That's what I go to. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I should mention, I have a, a thing suit. This was introduced in 1949. Yes. Uh, two to four players, age range three to five, and playing time 15 to 20 minutes. This was actually invented by a retired school teacher. Her name is Eleanor Abbott, and she was in a hospital recovering from polio. And she created this game as a distraction for the children in the hospital who were also recovering from for the disease, which is really cool. And she just said she did it to take their minds off the illness. And the game involves little thought, like she said, and there's lots of fun images. So kind of great. Like what a great woman to create something like that that has lasted the test of time. No, for children. Like she made this for children with polio. Yeah. How can you hate this game? Also, Polio Land just didn't have quite the same ring to it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Joel? <laughs> Ouch. Joel? Yeah, tier three. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. How could you hate this game, you ask? I ask, <laughs> how can you hate this game? It's really a victim of what else is on this list. Because if someone says, hey, let's play Candyland. If it's one of my kids, I'll say, you don't really get it anyways. Fine. <laughs> and you've lost all the cards. That's fine. Or the players. We're using like nickels for our players at that point. Or yeah, action figures. Gone. No adult's ever going to want to play this. No. This is one of the last games on this list I would want to play. Kent. But have, don't you remember playing this as a kid? And you're like, I want to visit Licorice Forest. I want to, to take a bite of the peanut brittle, no, brittle house. Licorice is gross. It was the red licorice I was more interested in. Lollipop <laughs> Palace, Frosted Palace, Cupcake Commons, the Ice Cream Slopes. There's so many different things here that you just like, oh, I want to go there. And your imagination is over. Snacks. It was all about snacks for you. Oh, totally. <laughs> Joel, what's your tier? Tier one. Whoa. Tier one? Tier three to tier one? What? This is one of those where I feel like... Okay, whether you're a kid playing it or an adult playing with kids, yeah, it's a magical time. Magical? And it's magical. The game could either be an hour based on who you're playing it with <laughs> or three minutes. <laughs> it totally can. But and that, that's the thing. It's like when I'm playing with my kids a lot of times I'm like, and I don't want the game to end, they get one of the cards that's supposed to move them back. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's okay. Yeah. Fine. So, Zach, what about you? Tier three. Yeah. <laughs> Two or three. Guys if I never no play it again, it'll be too soon. Soul. So fun Polio facts. children. You just gave polio children like tier three. Polio land gets a tier three, <laughs> <laughs> which is true. So fun facts on this one. The uh, Toy Industry Association, they named Candyland as the most popular toy for a full decade in the 1940s. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Another fun fact. Uh, not really that fun, but Candyland was involved in one of the first disputes over internet domain names in 1996. A little oh. shady. Because if you went to Candyland.com, it was not about the game. Oh, no. What was it about, Joel? It was an adult film site or oh. adult web content yeah. site. And so they actually uh, took it to court and was able to uh, file an injunction against the use. Yes. So there was a movement with a lot of these games we're mentioning, specifically one, but there was going to be a Candyland movie because all these games were about to become movies. Yeah. And this is in 2012. Happy Madison was going to make an animated movie starring... Happy Madison being Adam, Adam Sandler's Sandler. production company. And it was going to star Adam Sandler, or at least his voice. Did they do the emoji movie? No. Okay, good. Yeah, they did a crazy night, though, so not super good. That's why you're giving it a tier three, because Adam Sandler was attached to it at some point. That's probably true. Tier three. Yeah. For the winding linear track made of 134 spaces, most green, blue, red, and yellow, orange, and purple. It's a victim of circumstance. Gumdrops. <laughs> Gumdrops make you lose feelings, okay? Listener, You've lost your feelings. <laughs> oh, well played. Listener, welcome to the Candyland show. <laughs> yeah, What's the next should, one, Zach? Should move Up on. next, we got Trivial Pursuit. Trivial Pursuit. Yeah, I think we jump in from what is oftentimes, you know, a younger game to maybe a little older game. So Trivial Pursuit, if you don't know what that is, brief description. Players move their pieces around a board. The squares they land on determine the subject of a question they are asked from a card. Came out in 1981 and is manufactured by Parker Brothers slash Hasbro, which... Hasbro owns pretty much every game. Parker now. Brothers, Milton Bradley, every game, every other game company has now become Hasbro. Hasbro yes. is making all the games. Yeah, they they're like the Disney of board games. Yeah, they just bought everybody. Yeah, that's true. So a little bit of history of this one. There's two guys, uh, Chris Haney and Scott Abbott. They were playing Scrabble. They lost some pieces and they wanted to make their own game because Scrabble was too expensive at the time. And after drinking a bit, they mapped out their own game and they created Trivial Pursuit. But they were also sued for a lot of money because this game took off. Like, right. it's hugely successful. It's everywhere you, you go to get a game now. 
But they were sued in 1984 by a guy who said, I wrote a trivia encyclopedia. And so he said, you just took my questions. And they did. Well, they proved it because he actually put intentionally dummy questions in his trivia books. Yes. Like one of the trivial pursuit questions was, what is Columbo's first name? Famous uh, TV detective. And it said the answer was Philip. That's not correct. Right. But they put that in there specifically. So he put that in there specifically so that if anyone stole his material, they'd steal the wrong answer. too. So he sued for 300 million. He lost because you cannot win over facts. You can't copyright facts. Yes, exactly. Oh. So which, which kind of things for him. So there's geography, entertainment, history, arts and literature, science and nature and sports and leisure. The dreaded sports and leisure. It's the worst. Oh. I always went for that yellow piece with entertainment. And that was pretty much the only one I could <laughs> get. Sometimes geography. Again. But well, that's about is, it. This has been made into uh, over a hundred. There's been over a hundred different editions in different languages, and it's gone even on video on video games from the Wii or excuse me from the Sega CD all the way to the PS4 have yep. had a Trivial Pursuit version available. Makes sense. So Zach, what do you give this one? I give it a tier one. I really like trivia games, but also this is enhanced by um, growing up. We actually had Star Wars Trivial Pursuit, yeah. so we played that all the time. And then that kind of got me into the, this, the flow of the game. And so when I play regular Trivial Pursuit, I have a good time. How deep doctrine did that go, the Star Wars Trivial Pursuit? Um, it was like, what is the, one of the questions that sticks out? What is the first thing said in Empire Strikes Back? It's the moops. Wow. The moops is said. The moops from <laughs> the moops. So tier yeah, one. I give it tier one. I love trivia. I'm going to give this one a tier two. Only because every version I've ever had is like it's from old, 1987. Yeah, it's from like it's like <laughs> what is Walter Cronkite's favorite tie color? <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, I don't know. And actually, that's a really good point. With any trivia game, I always grab the box and look at the copyright date. Yeah, because yeah. then it puts you in that mindset of like who's famous at the time, who's popular. Yeah. But, but I do enjoy this game, but it does feel very yeah. basic now because it's like, yeah, we have a bunch of trivia questions, but they're usually mixed in with other things now. But I do love this game. I do enjoy it. But it's just kind of It does dated seem a now. little outdated. Like my parents' version, I swear, I swear is from the early 80s. I think a specialized one would be fun. Like the Star Wars one mm-hmm. would be good. Or if you had yeah, Harry they have Potter like, or they whatever. Have Star Wars, Saturday Night Live, Lord of the Rings. Like they have a bunch of different versions yeah. of this. Mm-hmm. I give it a tier two on this one. So we agree on that one. Yeah. Air boop. <sighs> boop. Boop. Six feet. Next up, what may be considered one of our bigger players, Monopoly. Monopoly. This is actually probably the biggest player we're really? going to talk about. <laughs> this is the Coke of the board game world. You, bold. Wow. But he's true because this one is actually the most sold units for a branded board game is Monopoly. That's well, yeah. the ultimate winner with 250 million units. Now, is that just the normal Monopoly or is that the various versions? I would I, say even the, the normal one, but there are so many different versions right. of this. Oh, yeah. We'll get into that. But I do want to say, if you haven't played Monopoly, mm-hmm. uh, maybe you should listen to episode 178, Return to Pitch Mountain of Bacon Cell back in 2018. When you pitched the Monopoly movie. The Monopoly horror movie. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, but here's the brief description. In the game, players roll two six-sided die to move around the game board, buying and trading properties and developing them with houses and hotels. Players collect rent from their opponents with the goal being to drive them into bankruptcy and drive a wedge between everyone you know and love. <laughs> it's so true. This is one where I bore flip because I get so mad that I've invested two and a half hours. So long. It, so long. It can go 20, uh, 20 minutes to 108, 180 minutes. And I'm like, who's playing 20 minute Monopoly it's ridiculous. Games? So a little bit of history on this one. So it was created in 1903 by an anti-monopolist named Lizzie Maggie. Mm, 
that wasn't Monopoly. That was the Landlord's Game. Yes, she created the Landlord's Game, which was stolen. But I'll get there. So she created uh, the Landlord's Game, trying to explain the single tax theory to illustrate the negative aspects of concentrating land in private monopolies. Wow. So, so here's the thing. There are two different versions. There's the amp- anti-monopolist set, which everyone got wealth when the person won. Right. Like, so everyone shared wealth. Yay! <laughs> capitalism. <laughs> yeah, like, we all win. I guess it's a little bit like Pandemic. And then there was Whoa, a yeah, too soon, way too soon. Don't say <laughs> relevance. And then there was a monopolist set, which we know now. And the goal was to create monopolies and crush opponents. But then soon after that, it was reported that during a dinner party, a man named Charles Darrow played that game, the landlord's game for the first time. And he asked for a set of rules. He took the rules, studied a little bit, and he went on to create the game of Monopoly. So That's he stole thief. the game, which actually kind of makes sense for the game. Ha! And then his hosts, who introduced him to the Landlord's Game, refused to speak to he or his wife ever again. Well, they they ruined, like they probably ruined things for them. Yeah. You're like, why can't you cut us in on this? So Parker Brothers bought the rights from him. And then from they, Charles Darrow. Yeah. And then they learned that he was not the sole inventor. And so then they went to Lizzie Maggie and they bought it for $500. Yeah, they bought the Remember, that's 1903, $500. So she did get money, but... Eh. Not as much as she probably could have if she got to catch the merchandise. Exactly. One of my favorite stories of Monopoly is actually in 1941... British Secret Intelligence Service, they licensed Monopoly to create a special edition for World War II uh, prisoners of war. And hidden inside the games were maps, compasses, real money, and objects used for escaping. Oh, wow. They smuggled in escaping tools to POWs. I found that interesting because apparently the Nazis allowed games. Yeah, there was like well, it was like a goodwill thing. Like, oh yeah, we're this is a charitable organization. We're we're just want to you know help the soldiers in the POW camps. So here's a yeah. game that they know and love, and it had like nail files in it and stuff like that. <laughs> nice, I love that. The Monopoly game board consists of forty spaces containing twenty eight properties, twenty two streets, four railroads, and two utilities. And also three chance spaces, three community chess spaces, a luxury tech space, an income tax space, and four corner squares. Joel, do you know the names of the person in jail and the cop? Who sent him there? They have names. They do. It's Jake the Jailbird and Edgar Mallory is the cop who sent him there. Edgar Mallory? Edgar Mallory. It's very specific. Wait, Jake the Jailbird is a nickname. Edgar Mallory's like, <laughs> is like, I'm mad at someone. Yeah, I'm going to make him the jerk <laughs> cop. Uh, do you know who the name of the, uh, Zach, do you know the name of the main figurehead of Monopoly? Penny Bags? Yes. Rich Uncle Penny Bags. Rich Uncle Penny Bags. Pop quiz, gentlemen. What does Rich Uncle Penny Bags look like? Uh, like Mr. Peanut? Describe it, please. Okay. He's bald. Okay. He's wearing a top hat. Okay. He's wearing a like a tux, basically, with maybe a red tie. He has, right. I'm going to say monocle, but that seems like Mr. Peanut, actually. Is he Mr. Peanut? He does not have a monocle. Does there. he have hair on the sides of his head? He does, but Red Choco Moneybags does not have a monocle. It's like a Mandela effect it thing. It is totally a Mandela effect what? thing. Because I swear, if you go, and you're, you may be questioning right now, listener. I'm letting you know right now. Google right now, Rich Uncle Pennybags Monopoly, and you will see... He never had a monocle. Ever. Nope. Do we just think fancy people should always have monocles? They should. <laughs> Wait, you don't have a monocle? <laughs> I'm not fancy. <laughs> Let me uh, watch Tiger out. King. So here's, for the monocle. Here's joke. my other question, gentlemen. Uh, maybe before Zach, I know Kate, you did the research. Monopoly. Yeah. Obviously, the street names there, real street names. Yeah. Where, located where? In Atlantic City. Nicely I didn't know that. Done. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. Honestly, for some reason, I thought New York. 
Really? And I was like, yeah, in New York. Obviously sure. Baltic Avenue in Atlantic City. Yeah, yeah. obviously Baltic <laughs> Avenue. So, uh, yes, they're named after the streets of Atlantic City. And actually, someone, I actually saw a site there where someone had gone through and taken pictures of all the streets that were named there. Oh, how like, cool is that? This is what they look like. A few more fun facts on this one. Hasbro has stated that the longest game of Monopoly has lasted over 70 days. Ugh. 70 days for I played one that game. game. <laughs> that was you and did you board flip to ruin the game? And then also Parker Brothers prints, or Hasbro now, prints 30 times more Monopoly money every year than the U.S. prints real money. Wow. Crazy. For how many games sell, they're printing money. I think they can't be real, right? Especially at this point. I don't know. Uh, Older standard editions of the game actually included a total of $15,140, whereas newer versions after 2008 uh, include $20,580 total okay. of all the With inflation, obviously. Yeah. Well, yeah. You have to Speaking of newer versions of the game, there was a very controversial one that came out a few years ago. It's called Monopoly for Millennials. Did you guys read about this yeah, one? Yeah, I did. Yeah. It's so good. So the game's tagline reads, forget real estate. You can't afford it anyways. Isn't yeah. that mean? Okay, I'm going to keep going. Rich Uncle Pennybags, he sports earbuds and sunglasses. He holds a coffee cup. And, and a monocle? No monocle, but he wears a gold participation medal while taking a selfie on a smartphone. Oh, my gosh. Isn't this gross? Okay. Traditional game pieces are swapped out for crying emojis and hashtags. <laughs> and in the game, instead of investing in real estate, as you do in the traditional version, players rack up experiences such as travel, meals at vegan restaurants, music festivals, and crashing on their friend's couch. There's like an animal rescue, a yoga studio, and the railroads are now all bike share. Oh, Does that make what? you sick? That's terrible. Millennials were really ticked did you guys off. Called, actually, uh, B and O Railroad. Did you call that Body Odor Railroad? Oh, for sure. Naturally, yeah. I just suddenly thought oh, you said Railroad. I totally remember Body yeah. Railroad. By the way, it stands for Baltimore and Ohio Railroad, and it actually wasn't in Atlantic City. Why are you trying to ruin railroads for me? I'm just trying to ruin everything for you. <laughs> but this one is a tier one. This is one of the best games ever invented because it does teach you a lot about free parking. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Don't you do it. Lot, That's you get a lot of money. I got to ask you guys, how do you play the free parking rules? Do you, oh. put, do you put money in the middle and then when you get free parking, That's you get a house? Absolutely. It's not an official rule. It's I a know. house do you, rule do game. You play it? Yeah, house rules are kind of kind of crazy. There's especially so with Monopoly. Uh, we yeah, if it's community chest or chance, yeah. if you pay in the middle, then every, the free parking That's guy That's how we play? It. Yeah. We didn't do that. Okay. I did. I knew people that did, but we, we stuck to the rules pretty closely. Oh, man. Yeah. When you can skip Park Place or Boardwalk when someone else owns hotels on those and you can get right to go, oh, you breathe a sigh of relief. Uh, by the way, they don't even use the cash that much anymore. It's the electronic banking now is what they use. You have you have credit cards that you insert and get balances. And I like love that. that so much more. No counting. I don't know, but I loved having the stacks of cash. Like, did you all stack the them into colors like yeah, OCD? Yeah, 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 I would, yeah, I would take to. the. I'd take like extra money and actually hide it. You were the banker. You were that no, guy. No, no. I would take my own money if I had like extra of oh, the so hundreds. You I would put it behind me. And so people would think I had less than I did. I always accuse the banker of stealing money, and I feel like they always did. I never got to be the banker because I would be that guy. <laughs> oh, man. Zach, how many, to- how many of the tokens can you name, by the way? Tokens? Yeah, the little Okay, little ready. You've got uh, the boot. You've got the Scotty dog. You've got the battleship, the race car, the top hat, the, uh, what's it called? The th- uh, Thimble. Thimble. Um, that's probably it. That's actually pretty good. Yeah. A lot of people forget a lot of those. I'm very impressed, Zach. Yeah. The original wooden tokens were shaped like chess pawns, but then in 1937, they became eight metal to- eight metal tokens. The car, the iron, the lantern, purse, rocking horse, shoe, thimble, and top hat. Later that year, the dog and the battleship were added. In the early 1950s, the lantern, the purse, and rocking horse were removed from the game. They were replaced by the dog, the horse, the horse and rider, and the wheelbarrow. And those stayed the same until the 1990s. So from 1950 to 1990s, wow. that's classic era. But then the public got involved. And they started voting for things, and they added a bag of money. 
And then uh, they also uh, retired the horse and the rider were both retired in 2000. And then the iron was replaced by a cat in 2013. And 2017, three more pieces were retired. The thimble, the wheelbarrow, and the shoe. They're all gone now. And it's a penguin, a Tyrannosaurus Rex, and a rubber duck. What? what? Tyrannosaurus Rex? Doesn't make any sense. I don't understand. I, the classic pieces were fine. I'm like, why do we need a Tyrannosaurus Rex? Is that really going to help trendy, you sell a Joel. better game? Jurassic World. Ugh. Uh, in case you're wondering, by the way, Illinois Avenue, New York Avenue, B&O Railroad, and Reading Railroad are the most frequently landed upon properties. That's So if you're going to buy... Is it Reading? Buy those. And then Mediterranean Avenue, Baltic Avenue, Park Place, and Oriental Avenue are the least landed upon properties. Huh. Don't buy those. Do you guys do McDonald's Monopoly, by the way? Oh, is that still a thing? There's actually a documentary about it. I think you can find it on Amazon right now. It premiered at Sundance. It yeah. talked about how it was entirely corrupt. Mm-hmm. So this one in the 90s, it was a huge deal. Mm-hmm. And someone rigged the system. Mm. Yeah. In fact, there's like a three-part documentary on it. I knew yeah. it. But I, I never play. Like, I never win. But I love the instant win stuff. And so I usually will go you there You like getting play. free fries. Yeah. A free small fry. Sure, why not? You'll never win the million. No. Right. No, I don't think anyone ever will. Uh, by the way, can, you mentioned Adam Sandler being involved with... The yeah. can, uh, Candyland. Candyland. Apparently, in January 2019, it was announced that AllSpark Pictures would now be producing an untitled Monopoly film in conjunction with Kevin Hart's company, Heartbeat Productions. And uh, Hart was attached to star in the film. Oh, so Kevin Hart would have been in Monopoly. They should just do your version. They should. I don't know why they did. I want to bring up that they had a custom version of Monopoly in 2000 that cost $100,000. For a game of Monopoly. Mm-hmm. The special edition comes in a locking attache case made with Napolino leather, lined in suede, and includes 18 karat gold tokens, houses and hotels, a rosewood board, street names written in gold leaf, emeralds around the chance iron, sapphires around the community chest, rubies in the brake lights of the car on the free parking space. What? And the money is real. Oh, nice. this was like dark web sort of stuff. That was the commercially available one. The Guinness okay. Book of World Records states that the set there's a set worth two million dollars and is made with twenty three karat gold with rubies and sapphires atop the chimneys of the houses and the hotels. And finally, gentlemen, I'm going to try to see <laughs> how Big many. Build up. Here we go. Whoa. I have this list. I then this there's a whole Wikipedia page for this. The source of knowledge of truth. Yeah, I'm going to see how many of these different versions of Monopoly I can get through in one breath. Okay, ready? <laughs> go. ACDC, Assassin's Creed, Angry Birds, Animaniacs, The Avengers, Back to the Future, Batman, Batman and Robin, The Beatles, Beetlejuice, The Bible, Call of Duty, Black Ops, Coraline, Cthulhu, DC Comics, Deadpool, Despicable Me, The Lion King, Disney Villains, Doctor Who, Elvis, Multiple Versions, FedEx, Firefly, Friends, Futurama, Game of Thrones, Mario Kart, Sonic the Hedgehog, Ghostbusters, G.I. Joe, The Godfather, Golden Girls, Heinz, The Hobbit, Kiss Metallica, The Muppets, NASCAR, NHL, Nightmare Before Christmas, Hot Topic, Exclusive, The Office, Face of Verb. I had more, but we'll stop there. I didn't even get to Zappos.com. Version. I heard Golden Girls, and that's where I wanted yep. to stop. There's a Volkswagen oh. version. There's unicorns versus llamas. There's so many different versions of this game. But Zach, how many was that? Um, oh, I didn't count that. Oh, you're going to trust Zach with counting after last show? <laughs> I'm off the show. Uh, no, what I was counting is, and I'll just interject my personal experience here. My mom is a Monopoly collector. That's why oh. I knew some of these answers. She probably has more than 60 versions of the game. Wow. Uh, the list you gave, I counted at least eight that she has. What? Yeah. And so I, I don't actually... Does she have the Yu-Gi-Oh version or the Three Stooges version? Not the... Mm, Uncharted? Maybe. 
maybe this Three Stooges one, but we always have an altered view of it because I've played so many different versions. Yeah. don't always know the piece set. I don't always know the space set because the cool thing about the alternate versions is there's always a different thing in every every property. So rather, for, for example, the Star Wars one was mm-hmm. a very popular one in my house. You know, each each property is actually a place within the Star Wars universe. And so... Yeah, I mean, that's what makes it cool is yeah. like yeah. you're playing for like, you know, Mos Eisley or something yeah, like that. Yeah, we had the Mustang version and every space was a different uh, type or and year of, of Mustang model. Wow. And so... That's so specific. Yeah, but then she also has several of the special edition versions of the game. So it's the normal game with uh, a really cool wood box. We have an inflatable version of it that you... Uh, yeah, we have so <laughs> many versions at Mom's house. just because she loves and she is so loyal to the game or would yeah. she want to sell these one day? No, this is this is all for the love of it. The, um, she at her work, she works for a graphic design firm and has a big Rich Uncle Pennybags decal behind her desk. Very She's cool. got a, a mounted board that has all the pieces that was wow. uh, made at a craft store. It we So I grew up playing Monopoly constantly. And in you fact, hate it now. Oh, I love it. My okay. grandma made me a homemade version called More Monopoly. No, this, she didn't. She literally Stop. did. More Monopoly. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> it was homemade on a giant board. It was a lot of fun. But for me, this couldn't be a higher tier one. This is the tier one of tier ones, mostly because of my personal experience. In fact, I'll just leave you with this one. My parents have a tradition. You know how on Christmas Eve, they play Christmas Story all the time. Well, they have mm-hmm. Christmas Story Monopoly. And what you do is you sit down and play Monopoly. And obviously it takes a few hours and so you're watching christmas story while playing christmas story monopoly that's if cute. you land on a so all the spaces are a moment in the movie if you land on the space while the moment's happening in the movie you get a 200 dollars bonus and it oh. happens all the time and it is so fun Aww, that's cool that's cute. love monopoly tier three Ooh, what this one gentlemen is one you just I, talked about it for 20 minutes, Joel. I did because it is like one of the big ones, but I'll tell you what, I got burned out on it. You Because you gave a TED Talk on it. I burned out on it, and it's one of those games that uh, people are like, no one wants to play it anymore. Yes, they do. Like, it's like they're like, I don't have six hours to play Monopoly. I don't want to get in a fight. Let's not, let's not do Monopoly tonight. And so <laughs> this is a tier three. Let's say Joel, you've got you've got Lord of the Rings playing uh, the movie marathon playing in the background, and someone says, "Let's play a game," and Monopoly is there. You wouldn't play it. I'd watch the movie. Play the Lord of the Rings version while watching the movie. Exactly. I'm telling you, it's fun. I'd, no, see, I'd be down for that. I'd, I'd be down to try to. Call I me, don't got hate it. this game. I Tier told you guys three. I don't hate any game on there. But I'm, anytime someone says you want to play Monopoly, I'm like, what else you got? Candyland, which is a tier one, apparently. Boom. Play that with my kids. <laughs> you you want to play Monopoly with my kids? Eventually, when you want to teach them about real games and real money and mm, buying a hotel. Real money. <laughs> I'm a head out. This is done. I'm done with this yeah, list. This, this happens. Wow. Controversial opinions from Joel. All right. Let's move forward to Othello. If you don't know this game, the object of the game is to have the majority of discs turn to display your color when the last playable square empty square is filled. So there's a bunch of little discs, uh, kind of like check Black pieces. and white. Yeah. One side's black. One side's white. This was introduced in 1883. I wondered if it was one of the older ones. Well, they're saying this this may have ancient origins as well. The guys who maybe invented this, they both hate each other and they call each other fraud. It's just two Englishmen and they're... Wait, are you Team Waterman or are you Team Mollet? Oh, I'm Waterman for oh, sure. I'm, I'm totally not. Good. You're Team Mollet? I'm totally Team Mollet. Team Mollet you all the way. Be. See? Team Mollet. Big still approved Team Mollet? Yeah. Actually, it may have been <laughs> created by someone else entirely. Oh. The Wikipedia article I'm, states. I'm Team That Guy. Yeah. <laughs> You would be team that guy. So originally this game was called Reversi. Yeah. It's still sometimes called Reversi. It is. That's what I actually thought it was called. And then it was actually a Japanese man who patented it in 1971. His name was Goro Hasegawa. Hasegawa. Cool. 
And uh, he was a 38-year-old salesman, and he called it Othello based on Shakespeare's play Othello, which features a a black man who's in love with a white Uh woman, Mm -hmm. Desdemona. And it has a lot to do with this board game. No, it doesn't. Well, it's the battle between Iago and Othello. The Iago piece clearly my favorite one. Yeah. So there have been world championships of this game held even today since 1977, and a Japanese player has won 31 of those tournaments. The MVP is Hideshi Tamanori. And he's like the Michael Jordan of, and he's got six wins. Is that the guy that eats those hot dogs? Yeah. Probably. (laughs) He's playing Othello while eating hot dogs. And watching Lord of the Rings. (laughs) And watching Lord of the Rings. Playing Monopoly. Exactly. So you can play other games while you're playing Monopoly. It's that slow. So Othello is one I actually play today because you can actually play any of these games. Sometimes there are phone versions. App versions, sometimes they have different names just for they want to make their own money. Yeah. Or you can just, like, I looked up Play Othello Online because it has been maybe 30 years since I actually unironically played Othello. And? So boring. What? So boring. No. Othello is like Minesweeper. No. It it totally is. It's like, okay, I'm going to click there. And maybe it's going to explode on me. No, hey. you surround the other person's pieces. You flip them to your side and you got them. And all of a sudden they start getting you and the tides start turning. This is an exciting game. Not at all. Well, it's not when you're playing by yourself in quarantine on your phone. <laughs> I was playing on my desktop. I love this game. <laughs> you love it? I, I love really this. There's it nothing too. to it. It's so much fun. Hey, you guys want to play Othello? Yes. Reverse. No. It's maybe more it's, fun maybe it's the Shakespeare it lovers in us, Zach. It is. Oh, yeah. I like Shakespeare as well. Uncultured mm-hmm. swine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I give this a tier two, though. Because okay. this is one that I, I enjoy probably more than a lot of other people. But something about this game I really enjoy. But it's not quite one that I'm like, hey, everybody, let's play Othello. The game's like 30 seconds long. Don't you want to take something? It can play, playing time is five to 60 minutes. For one game? You can really think about some of those moves. Oh, that makes me sick. <laughs> Start a timer right now. If someone took that long to put down a white piece, I'm not playing. I'm flipping the board. I'm flipping the board on this show. What are you giving it? A tier three. Oh, please. It's the bottom of the barrel. I give it a tier three. And here's why. Did you just say it's great? I love this game. Okay, hold on. I hate the board game version. I only play it on apps because I don't like flipping over every piece. It's so satisfying so, to flip no, over pieces. No, I don't like that manual at all. labor that I do takes not. it to a tier three. As a board game, tier three. As an app game, tier one. All right, all right. Don't like it. All right, next up, gentlemen, we've got The Settlers of Catan. Now, The Settlers of Catan, more recent than many of our other entries here, yeah. uh, came out in 1995. Right, by Klaus Tubler. And if you don't know what it is, yeah, he's German. And the brief description, players take on the roles of settlers, each attempting to build and develop holdings while trading and acquiring resources, such as sheep. Just sheep? That's the resource. I can always think of. it's not a real resource, really, but... Want to trade wood for wheat? That, well, wood for wheat? You, got she- you, you, got, you got wheat and wood and brick and ore. This was sheep? Yeah. <laughs> it sheep. doesn't fit in. Sheep was so common. There was a lot of wood. <laughs> this was the game that I found in college. Everyone was playing this. Everyone, Everyone. found it in college, yeah. This was like Dance Dance Revolution. It's like you could walk by an apartment and someone was playing this game. Yeah. And I learned to love it. And the reason I do... It's the perfect length for a game. It's about one to two 40. Hours. I think it's about 45 minutes. It's the playing time official. On I mean, Wikipedia, this I, I, one I two hours. beat everyone in this game at 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. This is one of those where I get so intense and no one trades with me ever. So I have to win on That's, my own merit and strategy. That is the trick to this game is yeah. getting you. You have to work with others. You don't have to. You do. You got to use the outside pieces, the two for one and three for one. <laughs> but the thing is, you're working with other people. and You're like, hey, I'll trade you for this. And you have to make deals. 
And that's a fun part of the game. It's a, it's instead of just direct competition, you can't completely burn everybody because you need to make deals. Yes. But if, you ha- if you're winning by like one point, people will not trade with you Mm-mm. at all. No. Or if you use the uh, robber to steal from someone. Yeah. Because oh. apparently, well, well, not apparently, once you get to 10 points, generally when you get to 10 points, you win. Uh, by the way, as of 2015, more than 22 million copies in 30 languages of Settlers Content has been sold. The first expansion came out in 1997, Seafarers of Catan. Then in 1998, the second expansion, Cities and Knights. Third expansion, Catan, Traders and Barbarians, was in 2008. And the fourth, uh, Catan, Explorers and Pirate, Pirates, came out in 2013. Do you guys delve in much into the DLC? I've done Cities and Knights. Okay. Nah. Yeah, I've done Cities and Knights, but I don't really go that much further. In fact, you, I mean, because you can play up to four people with a regular game, and then I think six with the add-ons. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, it's rare that I have that many friends. I was going to say, <laughs> I don't have that many people <laughs> no to play with. No one wants to trade with me because there's no one at the table. <laughs> this Ma. is one of those where I just sit at different chairs. Let's <laughs> <laughs> pick on Kent. <laughs> All right, guys, what are you giving it? Tier one. This game is incredible. And there's so much giggling that happens to this game for reasons I'm not going to bring up. But if, <laughs> if the table is not giggling at least 17 times, you're not playing it right. <laughs> I like it uh, middle of the road for me, though. Tier two. That's it? Yeah. It's fun. Tier three. <gasps> wow. <sighs> once again. My heart. Once again. I'm pulling it's a, a perfect length for a game. It's I'm not Kent like Monopoly. Here. I'm Kent's three here. hours long. I get I got burned out on this game. We played it so much on both sides of the family, and it was just always playing this game. This one and like Wacky Six, I've just like I've, I've never played Wacky Six, but we just we we always play these games. And this is one of those analytical games yes. where I'm like, I'm not getting the strategy right now. I'm not in the mood to play this, but everyone wants to play it. So it's one you can't condescend to people so because was, it really is. But I've I've won a couple times, but I think it's dumb luck. Because this, I don't think I'm smart enough to play this game. This was a New Year's tradition for me. I would play this one every New Year's Eve. Let's yeah? do it this year. Yeah? Yeah. Deal. Maybe. But it's just a tier three. If you bring it to tier one, we'll play. Joel, <laughs> you're not invited. <laughs> that hurts so bad. It doesn't hurt that bad. Kind of. It's one of those games I, I think it's fun. I enjoyed it, but I just got... Like I said, I don't hate any of these games, but I'm kind of tired of this one right now. Wow. Okay. okay. Catch me in a couple of years and we'll see if I'm, I, I've less done it. Probably not. All right. Speaking of strategy, up next is Connect 4. No, you're you're not wrong. (laughs) That was your song, Kent. That was your song. So if you don't know what Connect 4 is, you basically have, it's not a board. It's like a row of columns board. Yeah, Yeah. it's a grid. Yeah, The players choose a color and then take turns dropping one color disc uh, from the top into a seven column, six row, vertically suspended grid. There Mm. it is. First one to get four in a row wins. So before Connect 4, there are many versions of the game. They existed by many names, but one of these versions was called Captain's Mistress. Ooh, scandalous. Exactly. And so the rumor about this one was that Captain Cook hid away in his cabin for hours playing this game. His crew supposed that he was locked away with a mistress, but really it was Connect Four. <laughs> so they changed it to a more sneaks on the plane type end. Exactly. Yes. I'm going to call it Captain's Mistress from now on. Okay. This came out, I was going to say, this came out in 1974. And it, playing time is about one to 10 minutes, is what Wikipedia says. Can you imagine a one minute game? Yes, That's I can. So I, I play one yeah. minute games all the time. That's so fast. I will beat you in one minute. It's also known as Four Up, Plot Four. Find four, four in a row, four in a line, drop four, and grab a trips. <laughs> wow. Okay. I don't know who's calling it that. Yeah, you play upside down. This, this game. Like, it's like a complicated version of tic-tac-toe. It really is. So okay. four in a row, go for one more, stop for the clock. And in fact, for, your the, stop. for the classic Connect Four played on six high, seven wide grid, the standard grid, mm-hmm. there are four 
trillion five hundred and thirty one billion nine hundred eighty five million two hundred nineteen thousand ninety two position possible six hundred minutes four trillion <laughs> I had to go there <laughs> that's insane that is insane by but the it, way the, the experts recommend that if your first move should be in the middle column if you want to have better chances of winning also you should go first if you want to win <laughs> yeah that's true the farther out you go though the less your chance your chances decrease what do All you right. give it i give it a tier two Tier two? I thought you were going to this be like your no, favorite game. I do love this game and I own this game mm-hmm. and I don't own all these games, but it's just, it's so simple that it's not going to take up a lot of time. If I'm playing a board game, I want to invest in the board game, not four hours, but maybe one and connect four is like, let's play three rounds and then we're done and that's it. So what about you guys? Joel? This is a tier one for me. Is nice. it? Okay. This is one where I'm like, it's not like super complicated, but there is some strategy involved. Like tic-tac-toe as an adult it's pretty easy to see where the game is going and just do a draw every every time. Every time. Connect four, a little more difficult. Yeah. And I love it. I love it when I can sneak something by the other player and you see it coming and your your heart just starts pounding and you start getting so excited, but you can't show it. You got your poker right. face on and you drop that token and you're just like, what's up? Connect four. I'm the best in the world. Do you get anxiety when you release the tokens I at the bottom? I love that. I get anxiety when they crash on the table. That's one of my favorite things, actually, is pulling that thing out and watching all the to- tokens fall out. Yeah. So we have a tier two, a tier one, and Zach, what do you say? I also give it a tier one. And a lot of it's based on personal experience. I was um, at my job. I was actually given like a lawn games, like huge board of connect four. Mm-hmm. And what I did was I stacked the, all of the colors. So it was, it was red and black and I stacked them on the table right next to the board. And what we did in the office is if you walked by everyone in the office was playing this, the game of connect four. So That's you just, fun. you grabbed whatever, if, if the, the top one was black, you were now playing black. And so we were all playing it together. It was super fun. And then I went to an arcade that had, you know, the um, basketball uh, where you double shoot the shot. basketball, yeah. double shot. Well, they had a Connect Four version, and so you would sh- go up and you would shoot what? to get it the the like the ball in to play Connect Four. I think this game's super fun. I think it's versatile that way. I've had really good experiences with it. It's one um, of the few on here I feel like is good for super young kids yes. and even adults. It's breezy. It's fun. It's it's great. It's like the Kent of board games. Aww. I'm breezy and fun. Neither one of those things. Move on. <laughs> I'm challenging methodical. Okay. Next up, gentlemen. Speaking of challenging methodical, we're going Scrabble. This is also one of those heavy hitter games that everyone seems to have in their home. In fact, I have a stat here. Roughly one third of American and half of British homes have a Scrabble set in yeah, their home. Yeah, they're saying 150 million sets. Scrabble means to scratch frantically. Which I've never used that right. in context in my life. Yeah, so That's what his- I do when I'm nervous while I'm playing. A uh, history of this game in 1938, there's an architect named Alfred Butts. He made the game, but it... <laughs> oh, okay, there it is. He was not successful 10 years Who later. Who was not successful? Uh, butts. <laughs> <laughs> 10 years later, a guy named James Bruno, he bought the rights to the That's game. That's funny. He was also unsuccessful. Who, then, who, do you, who do you buy the rights from? Alfred Butts. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And then in 1952, so... Decade and a half later, the president of Macy's department store, he played it on vacation and then he said, we don't we don't have this game. And so he bought a huge order. And that is where it finally took off 15 years after its creation from Alfred Butts. <laughs> <laughs> and really, like they were so actually, how do we play this game. Joel? They, they were trying they were trying to sell this for a long time and it wasn't going. And that wasn't yeah. until the random happenstance of someone played it, and enjoyed it. Right. And then it became a, huge, a lot of these games. It's like rich thing. people end up playing it. And they're like. I want to sell this game for you or buy the rights and give you nothing. <laughs> yeah, seems to be way to go. There's also a daytime game show on NBC that ran from 1984 to 1990 with Chuck Woolery. The tagline was, 
every man dies. Not every man truly scrabbles. <laughs> I don't get it. Basically, so, Braveheart stole if, that if you line. If you don't know what Scrabble is, by the way, it's basically words with friends, but just on a board. Well, that's what I was going to say yeah. is I feel like this game technically got a resurgence in a completely different version in words with friends on your phone. Yes. yes. And I would give words with friends a tier one easily. I give this one a tier three. How many tier threes are you giving out? Five. That's the lot. I don't worry. Given out eight track. so far. Uh, no, I have not. He's given out three. Now, are you saying three if there's not a timer? Because if there is actually like the little hourglass, if well, someone actually has a countdown, it's a tier two game. No, it's because it's not automatically tabulated. Oh, you have to count. I hate having to count. Like, okay, that was a double word score with a with a Q on the thing. Oh, there's another one that like I hate that. Yeah. Whereas words of friends, I plug it in. It's like. You've got a thousand points. And I'm like, I'm the greatest wordsmith in the world. So that's my exact same argument for the Othello. Yeah, you guys are just lazy. And that's why you're getting <laughs> no, these no, things No, see, three. this is physical labor. Mine is math. I don't want to do math. <laughs> I give it tier two because it is a challenging. It's kind of like you get to test your knowledge of words, right? But you know you have those punks who try to pull out some random word that doesn't exist. That's not in the dictionary. Let's check. No proper names. It's not a proper name. Yeah. It's Bill, like the money. You just made what I wrote plural. I love that. Putting that S on something is great feeling. <laughs> Zach, what do you give it? Tier two. Yeah, it's a tier it's two fun. game. Old it school, did, it but good. It got bumped out in mine. But if you get the X, Z, and Q on your on your list. Yeah. Remember, everyone's, everyone learned what the word chi uh, at yes. Q, QI yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, let's do that. All right, gentlemen. Next up, we have a little stress inducer for me, honestly. Operation. <laughs> oh, stop. Oh. You touched my side. Uh, so actually, trying to get you Charlie horse. He didn't touch me. We are six feet apart. We are six yes, feet apart. Operation is the general gameplay requires players to remove these plastic ailments with a pair of tweezers without touching the edge of the cavity opening. Gross. Did you guys actually ever play the game or just use the tweezers to get the plastic pieces out? I lost the pieces immediately. That is the game. No, but you get like a designated amount of cards. I just did it to see if I could actually get the pieces oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah. That I was never like actually used the cards or made money in the game. Yeah. But the, my version actually we have now is electronic version, so it makes a noise, and that tells you which piece to get. So you don't even have cards. Oh, wow. Huh. It's like you hear a laughing, and you're like, oh, that's the funny bone. This came out in 1965 uh, so from... John Spinello. Yeah, he was a University of Illinois industrial design student, and he sold the rights to this game to this guy who owned like a toy store. Yeah. And he sold it for $500, and this guy said, hey, give me this game. I'll give you 500 bucks and a job when you graduate college. He never gave him the job. Boo. He, yeah. took, he took his game entirely. Punk. Uh, and and then, $40 million, by so the way. So basically, yeah. There's tons out there. I, I know almost everyone has played this. Like, don't touch the sides. It's kind of common vernacular now. Yeah. But this one, you have ailments like Adam's apple and writer's cramp and butterflies in the stomach and brain freeze is the newest one. Mm -hmm. But it's all these punny things and you got to pull them out of cavity, Sam, or else his nose will light up red. Yeah. And this is stress inducing. Like like Zach said, my daughter, uh, when she was my oldest daughter, when she was a little kid and we barely got this game, she would play it by holding. She would put her ear on her shoulder and like. So she wouldn't have to hear it and plug her other ear <laughs> and then try to do the tweezers. Wow. Because she hated the sound of the buzzer because it scared her. Yeah. It's electroshock therapy for kids. And did you always, did you always worry you get shocked too? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like hold on to the plastic part, not the metal part. See, I always used it as like a buzzer for game shows with friends. Like, eh, wrong answer. <laughs> you just <laughs> carry your own operation with you? Yes. <laughs> all right. This one is a tier three for me. Really? I'll never want to play this one. Well, it's so fun. It's not fun at all. This is like dexterity. This is like that, you know, bomb defusal type thing where you're like, okay, here we go. Don't cut the red wire. Don't yeah, get the red too wire. much stress. I, I don't care for it. 
I give it a tier two. Okay. I'm not saying this is the best game out there, but I'm saying I really do enjoy playing it, especially with my kids. Tier three. Yeah. What? Too much stress. Too way too much. I don't need that in my life. Ugh, I'm not going to try the trick that your daughter uses. Just agree with everything he says, why not? Perfect. Gentlemen, I give you for your next game, Clue. Cluedo! Why Cluedo? Because I hate the name Cluedo. Because it's a play on Clue and Ludo. And Ludo is Latin for I play and a common British term for the game Parcheesi. <sighs> but yeah, so Clue, the object of the game is to determine who murdered the game's victim, where the crime took place, and which weapon was used. One plus two plus one plus one. And this came out in 1949. And the average game is about 10 minutes to an hour, depending how really? good you 10 are. 10 minutes is a fast game. Yeah, if you're playing with me. <laughs> Does that mean you're really good at this game? No, I, go, I go out real quick and then you, okay. you automatically win. I thought you were the connect four of this game. <laughs> uh, and this Can you was, name all the characters? Yes. Go for it. Colonel Mustard, mm-hmm. Mr. Green, mm-hmm. right? Miss White, Miss mm-hmm. Scarlet, Professor Plum. Who am I missing? Mrs. Peacock. Yep, that's it. Eh? And now there is a Dr. Orchid. He no. replaced Mrs. White. It's a she. Dr. Oh. Orchid is a she. And we have that version, <laughs> and on, I hate Kent. it because they took away Miss White. Yeah. And that made me just so angry. Are like you okay? Flames, flames <laughs> on the side of my face, breathing breath, heaving breaths. <laughs> I hate it that they've, they've gotten rid of Mrs. White. And I hate that they, they also came out with another version where they tried to make it much more hip and cool. Yeah. And they changed all the characters to be like socialites and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Speaking of the movie, uh, it was a huge flop in theaters. Oh, there's a movie? Yeah, right. And it was one of the first VHS tapes to be heavily discounted from the then normal price of $99.99. Mm-hmm. Whoa! And so VHS Whoa. movies were that much back in the day. Jeez. This one was discounted so much. And then, because of the price, everyone watched it. And it, be- it had a huge cult following at that point. And I really do love this one. This it's is one of my five-star movies. Yeah. I, I really do enjoy this. The game was devised in 1943 by Anthony E. Pratt. And the original uh, game was originally named Murder with an exclamation point. He was like a musician who played hotel gigs and cruise ships. And then he, during World War II, he worked at a factory that built tank parts and he got bored and thought of Cluedo. Yeah. Kind of cool. Which, okay, this game is fun if you play with the right people, but you get a bunch of cheaters out there and they ruin this game every time you play. I hate that. So what does that make it for you? This one's a tier two for me because I recently, I kind of remember loving it and then I kind of hated it for a bit and I just played right. it I played it recently and I kind of get it now. I kind of understand how to play. And I'll tell you what this, the secret is here gentlemen. It's one thing you have a little notepad with a piece with a little pencil right. and you mark things off as like other people have them. But if you take a little more extensive notes and marked who had what and who you asked mm-hmm. and what they showed you. If you get a little more complex with your notes, you can really really smoke your kids just like blow them <laughs> out of the water as they're showing every single card in their hand yes exactly did uh, you know that the lead pipe was actually made out of lead back yes, in the day the original oh. lead pipe they made it out of lead and it poisoned people <laughs> it's ridiculous why would you do that That's so epic. yeah clue actually caused death six characters six murder weapons nine rubes leaving the players with 324 possibilities i love this game because you actually use your brain you know you're going to go into it to try to solve a mystery yep. it is a tier one I'm definitely giving this a tier one. This is a very tier one game. I think it, it it's cool from a visual standpoint. We all know and love the characters. Mm-hmm. We all love the weapons and this. I think it's just super fun and tier one. Perfect. Do you guys follow the room that you have to be in the room to make a suggestion for the if room If you want the game in? to go a little bit longer, sure. 
that's one of those rules that I feel like a lot of people just kind of like, ah, it doesn't matter. Just yeah. make it. Just make it. I'm a, in the billiard room. Make it. What do they <laughs> call it? A conservatory. A there's a suggestion. There's an accusation. Yes. Yeah. Apparently, Miss Peacock is one of the best players to start with because she's closest to getting into a room that you can make oh. your first guess real quick. Do you guys have a favorite you play with? Professor Plum. Green. Colonel Mustard. Really? Wow. Whoa. We should totally play together. Let's totally yeah. play. Now, speaking of games we definitely should play, next we're going with Pictionary. Invented by Robert Angel in 1985 as he gathered friends to randomly locate words in the dictionary and sketch it to their teammates. How, That's it. How 1985? How did this come so late to the game? This seems like such a basic concept. Yeah. Like charades. Right. It's exactly like charades that then drawing form. It just blows my mind that it took so long to get there. Yeah. You think of Pictionary, you just think of drawing a picture and having people guess. But there's yep. actually, there was a board involved. Right. There were pieces that moved and things like that. So, and you cannot draw numbers, letters, or and you can't make any spoken clues or noises. Yeah. That's the official rules for Pictionary people. Follow Can them. you point to your nose and go, ooh, ooh, ooh? I think so. I think that's it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. I think that's like uh, close. And speaking of app games, like we talked about with Words with Friends, this one has Draw Something, which is based on this game. I played that for a while. Very popular. Yeah. Also, Win, Loser, Draw. Do you guys remember that game show? Yeah. It was like, yeah. not quite, like, we can't say Pictionary. We'll call it Win, Loser, Draw. Right. <laughs> but there actually were Pictionary game shows as well. Alan Thick actually hosted one. Yeah. Nice. But this is a classic. This is one that even if you haven't played the game, you probably played a form of Pictionary because you get someone to guess what you're drawing. Right. And this is the type of game that's included in other games like Cranium or Quelf or things exactly. like that. Exactly. Like it's been spun off so many times. I don't think anyone really owns Pictionary anymore. Maybe. So you're giving it a tier two then? Tier two. I'm giving it a tier one. Oh. Okay. Because I feel like this is a classic game that has become like just common staple. A staple, right? Everyone knows it. Everyone likes it. And your team can yell out answers, and and yeah. anyone can play. Frantic. Like, once again, depending on the clue. Like, yeah. my, you know, my kids won't get Walter Cronkite, but they'll get you know ball. They'll get ball. <laughs> they may get ball. Circle, Dad. <laughs> Sphere. Um, it was Colonel Mustard. <laughs> I'm giving this a tier three. I can't draw. Oh, I don't have fun when I'm playing. I can't you draw don't need either. to know how to draw. That's oh. the best. Zach, that's the best way, though, is when you get someone who can't draw and they're trying to draw. That is one of the best parts of the game. I'm that person. I can't draw. I stress out too much. <laughs> can't do it. Nope. So we got a tier one, tier two, and a tier three on that one. Yes, there we, we do. Wow. Next up, we have A5. You sunk my battleship. Players alternate turns, calling shots at other players' ships, and the objective of the game is to destroy the opposing player's fleet. Had its origin in the French game, Le Attaque. Attaque. <laughs> However, played in World I War I, Le Attack, and it's said that Russian officers played it before World War I, so we don't know who stole from who. Well, because it was a pencil and paper game for the yeah. longest time. There was like, they just, the pads of paper with like a, a grid on it. Right. And you would draw your ships in there. And battle then strategy and game. Yeah. And it wasn't until 1967 that it became a plastic board game with little pegs that you would use. Mm -hmm. Now, this one... I mean, you can, seven and up is what it says here, is age range, but right. like you could, younger kids can play it too, but... I have a blast with this as an adult. You do? I do. I enjoy this one. Like, when's the last time you actually played? Oh, I play with my kids fairly recently. Okay. And also, my, my oh, my brother-in-law has a game that's like a, it's Battleship on steroids. It's insane. You have, what is it called? I'll have to look it up. Someone's yelling the answer right now. He's probably yelling the answer right now. But uh, it's like you have four different positions that are all working together against four other players who are all working together. And you have like a captain, an engineer, and it's crazy. Oh, that's cool. But it's basically Battleship. So it's a lot of fun. But this was one of the first board games actually made for a computer hmm. in 1979. And was it like you playing against an AI? Yeah, I think you did play that an would, AI. That would be really cool. And it was a computer the size yeah. of your room. Yeah. Yeah. So very small? <laughs> Even my room, yes, very small. By the way, this one is one of the few on here that actually did have a movie made about it. Ooh. Do you think this one killed the game to movie franchise? Maybe, because 
I mean, Taylor Kitsch is in it. Yeah, but <laughs> Whoa. Rihanna's in it. Truth mm. be told, I didn't see it. Oh, you've never seen this movie? No, I didn't care to. I saw it on TBS and I regret it. Sonar. That's the name of the game. I'm pretty sure. Battleship is fun, Kent. Like the whole you sunk my battleship thing. Yes. This, this is, I mean, this well, is the kind of game. If you were going to play death the, in a game, you want to play this game. Is it the Bill tugboat? Focus journey. What? Yeah. Right, there you go. Is it the tugboat? The, the one with two spaces? Uh, that, that's my survivor. He'll be out there. Yeah. Going that's over the one him. where you try to hide that as much as you can. Yeah. You hide that um, in G territory. He's the destroyer. A destroyer? There's a carrier, battleship, cruiser, submarine, and destroyer. So you got to be the destroyer. Okay. But did you guys tugboat. ever get tricked into your friends telling you that when the battleship got sunk, the game was over. No, I had to go for every ship every time. Joel, did you, I got told that. Aww. And so I believed it for a long time that it was like, all you were trying to get was a battleship. Maybe it was my older brother. That's the easiest one this. to get. That actually would be an interesting way to play quickly. Well, the carrier is yeah. the biggest one. That's the five spacer. The battleship's yeah. four. Clearly I play this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> my brother and I had a set and we actually bent some of the pieces like the carrier. We bent it in, into an L shape. You just chew on it. <laughs> Like, yeah, what'd you do to make it harder to hit? <laughs> yeah, basically, you just like break it in half and then it makes it an L shape. It's messed up. That's pretty messed up. Hmm. All right, I give this one a tier two. I give it a tier one. Oh, I give it a tier two. It's great, but uh, tier two. All right. Well, why don't you just get a room, you two, all right? <laughs> just, just play, get a room, play all the board games you want that you love. Yes. And next up, we have Risk. Now, Risk, oh, Risk. is a controversial game. Absolutely. Because this is another one of those Monopoly type games where it is cutthroat. See, I yeah. think this is a great one to play over a prolonged amount of time. I think the setup of this game is maybe one of the worst because you have to like divvy out how many armies you have and where they go. Choking hazards. And then everyone's going for Australia, which only gives you two extra soldiers. <laughs> but everyone wants Australia because there's only one gateway there. The goal of the game is to occupy every territory on the board and in doing so, eliminate the other players. This one was created by French filmmaker Albert Lamoury. In 1957, he's the guy who directed The Red Balloon. Have you guys ever seen The Red Balloon? Yes. It's in school all the time. Yeah, and he won the Oscar for Best Original Screenplay for that movie. And then Parker Brothers bought this game from him. It's a political map of Earth divided into 42 territories, which are grouped into six continents, Australia included, as Ken talked about. Yep. Playing time, one to eight hours. Yes. That's like average, eight hours. In college, we took this one to Golden Corral up in Logan. You played Risk at Golden Corral? We went there for lunch. I love this. Guess what? We went there for lunch. We stayed there past dinner. (laughs) (laughs) We paid for one meal. Oh, they hated (laughs) you. Hated us. They hated you. Poor college kids trying to get easy meals. Oh, man. But there are 50 versions of this game. So maybe not as much as Monopoly. I bet Monopoly has the most amount. But there's Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, Clone Wars, Transformers, Halo, Metal Gear Solid, Walking Dead, the MCU, Rick and Morty. Ton of weird versions. In fact, well, it's funny, though, because like back in the day, they, I mean, this was in 1957 when this was invented. And then in 1986, they released Castle Risk, which was kind of a modified version of Risk with okay. like kind of a medieval thing going on. And it was a financial disappointment. So they didn't make another new one for 15 years after wow. that. Like they waited about 30 years to do their first change and the people didn't like it. They're like, oh, OK, never mind. World map. Just put the world map on there. I've had some good experiences playing Risk, but mostly bad. This is a tier three. Oh, whoa. Jeez. This is one of those. Like, once again, I enjoy a game that takes one to two hours, like a movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a form of an entertainment for a couple hours. This game extends so long and it cannot. This cannot be one of the games that you set out on the table and play over weeks. No, because those little pieces. First of all, they're a choking hazard. Yeah. Secondly, they get knocked all over the place. This is a game where you lose friends. 
Because if someone gets knocked out, maybe not first because then they're happy to leave the game. But if they get knocked out second, people are really upset. Yeah. But if you win, it's down to the wire. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's so ex- rewarding. It can be very exciting. So this is a tier one for me. Wow. Yeah. This is one where I get quite upset when yeah. I lose. And I may swipe the board and I'm sorry for it. But when I do well, I love can, can it. Can I ask you a question? Of course. Have you literally ever flipped a board? Yes. What? No, for sure. What? In fact, people probably shouldn't play with me. I'm, I I can't be trusted. But during the game, the game's not over or after the game's over? 100% no, during the game. You kill the game? Yeah. There, I've had a three-hour game of Monopoly that I was so frustrated and I just wanted to leave. And I was think I was doing well that I flipped the board. Was this last year? <laughs> it was last week. <laughs> I knew it. Oh, my gosh. You with actually my kids. do that? Yeah. <laughs> wow. And I'll give it a tier two. Okay. okay. Middle One, of the two, three. Now, I know that Kent has a lot more experience with this game due to his uh, experience in the dating world. We're going with Twister. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that, Zach. Funny you should mention the dating world. Because this game, when it first came out, was kind of scandalous. Very. I mean, so, that's why it broke big. Yeah. I mean, this it, it was actually on The Tonight Show in 1966. Johnny Carson played it with Ava Gabor uh, on, very, on The Tonight Show. Very sultry. And people were both thrilled because it was not selling. Like, in fact, they were pulling it from stores before this episode aired, but the episode was going to air anyway. Yeah. It aired. And then there was a line out the door of people wanting to buy Twister. And they called it... S-E-X in a box. Yep. That's what like the, the more conservative types were calling it. Sesame right? nudity? Yeah, in a box. <laughs> exactly. The original name was King Footsie and then Pretzel. But yeah, it was very controversial at the time. Yeah. One of the biggest industry phenomenons of the last half of the 20th century, though. It sold so much back then. Well, because then. the idea was novel. You think about it and they're like, what if the humans were the game pieces? Mm-hmm. And so they actually, it was a, it was a guy who made in-store displays met up with like a designer and a toy designer. And then they kind of came up with this game of like, okay, the humans are now the players. They're the pieces. Yeah. And then you just spin a board and say, right hand, red, left foot blue. But have you guys played this recently? No, no. I'm too old for that. It's too awkward. Like I would like to, to be honest with you. (laughs) In fact, there's a version called messy twister, which isn't as dirty as you'd think. No, it's like with whipped cream on the the colored whipped cream on the spot. So it is as dirty as you'd think. (laughs) But I don't think I could ever with a straight face because of 80s movies say, want to play a game of Twister? Nope. Never. Yeah. yeah. Well, and this one is one that definitely is more of a kid game. That's the funny thing is like in 1966, it was like, oh, yeah, it's a party game for adults. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, no, it's it's a kid game. But the problem is kids are also tiny, so they can't reach the squares quite the same way. But yeah. it's hilarious to watch them try. Right. I think after junior so, high, you should not be playing this game unless you're playing it for reasons. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's just too awkward. No, it's not that it awkward. It is way too awkward. It's so, not that awkward. So once you actually try pursuing somebody, yes. don't play Twister. I- exactly. Okay. Post-puberty, Twister should not be in the mix. <laughs> Kent. The world's largest Twister mat was put together in 2018 in Belchertown, Massachusetts. The people were arrested, I promise Over you. Over 2,500 students and staff of the Belchertown School District participated in the event. 1,008 Twister mats and measured 244 by 99 feet for 24,156 square feet of Twister. Well, there you go. They were all above junior high age. Inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to give this one a tier three, actually, because I'll never, ever play this one again. Like, uh, this is one I'm like, oh, okay, that's great. I will, for kids or whatever, for my kids, I will spin the uh, board, but that's it. I, but once you hit junior high, you can't play that game anymore. I own this one. Uh-huh. I played this one recently. Right. 
It's not as fun as I remember it. Is it because you're old and it's hard to move? Hey. <laughs> well, we are <laughs> old. Bit. Yeah. No, but it's just kind of like, I was like, yeah, this isn't that challenging. And then my kids fall over almost immediately. And I'm like, it's just not that fun. Right. So tier three for me as well. Yeah. But this is one of those that is not a board game. You are the life-size player. Technically, it's kind of a board game because the mat is the board and you're the piece. Yeah, not of, a right? tabletop game. No, it's not on the tabletop. If you play it on tabletop, you're going to get injured. Yes. So yeah, this one is one where I don't hate it. I actually enjoy it. So you said tier two? Tier three. Oh, tier three. Yeah. Same. Wow. Zach? Tier three. Yeah, it's a tier three game. It's, it's a the first three. one we matched on? Yep. Wow. Wow. And for a roll of the dice, gentlemen, we have Yahtzee. Yahtzee! The objective of the game is to score points by rolling five dice to make certain combinations. So I looked at the fun facts on this one, and I think Hasbro is lying. According to Hasbro, they say 50 million Yahtzee games are sold each year. When? They're saying this. I've read three Wikipedia articles. One was the board game Wikipedia, one was simple Wikipedia, and the regular Wikipedia. 50 million Yahtzee games each year. I think it's a lie. Or it's a front. Oh, they're laundering money (laughs) through Yahtzee because this is based on poker. Yeah, well, they called it a poker. It was actually classified initially as a poker dice game. Mm -hmm. And actually, you're kind of playing poker when you do this. You're trying to get three of a kind, full house, like that kind of stuff. Uh, This came out in 1956. Playing time, around 30 minutes. Yeah. There's also Dice with Friends. On Is your there? phone, yeah. Oh, I yeah. That one. It's pretty good because it will automatically score for you. So you don't have to be like, full house, maybe? Four of a kind? Oh, I've already scored it there. Yeah. So the, the <laughs> originally it was called Yahtzee. And then Edwin at Lowe changed the name to Yahtzee. And then it's also po- it's similar to a game called Yahtzee. <laughs> Those are three different spellings, by the way. <laughs> but apparently it's all the same thing. Uh, by the way, uh, Edwin S. Lowe, the guy who brought Yahtzee to kind of the market, mm-hmm. he also is the guy who brought Bingo to the U.S. market. Oh, wow. So creator of Bingo, well, the distributor of Bingo also distributes Yahtzee dice. I'm going to tell you why I'm tearing this number three. What? Tier three? Tier three. Because this has inspired murder. What? Joel, did you not see this? I saw it. So I, read, I read the article and it was quite sad. So it I'm is very sad. I don't want to hear details. Police arrested three brothers in Minnesota for allegedly slaying their mother on Christmas because she wanted them to play Yahtzee and they didn't want to play. <laughs> okay. It gets gross. I'm not laughing at that. I'm <laughs> laughing that you're talking about it. So the brothers are also accused of hiding their mother's remains. Don't. Why are we bringing this up? In the board? In the Kids are going to listen to the board game show. <laughs> okay. But basically, and the cops are saying... The cop, the detective said, it is very strange. She wanted them to play Yahtzee and they didn't. That seemed to be, in their minds, what expedited her sudden demise. And so they were all involved. The death was really grisly. All because she said, let's play a game of Yahtzee. It's tier three. Do not play this game. Do not tell anyone to play. Hey, kids. The game's advertising <laughs> slogan was changed from the game that makes you think while having fun to the game that makes thinking fun. <laughs> Good save. <laughs> <laughs> the highest possible score is 1,575, but you have to throw 13 Yahtzees for that, or the lowest sco- score is five. All right, so what'd you guys give it? I gave it tier three for murder. <laughs> I gave it a tier two. It? I like Yahtzee. I gave it a tier one. Whoa. You did? I, I, I enjoy dice games, and so like just being able to play this game, and like when you roll, when you're going towards a Yahtzee, and you might actually get a Yahtzee, and then you actually roll a Yahtzee, yeah. it's one of the best And you kind of feel like you're world. gambling a little bit? Yes. <laughs> It's a lot of fun, though, and it's never inspired murder in my life. Yet. Yet. <laughs> and finally, an appropriate game, I would suppose. Let's talk about the game of life. 
You can be a winner at the game of life. I don't know why of all the game jingles that one sticks in my head. Yeah, but it really does. So this one, I have a lot of fun history on this. I think this one is a great choice. Uh, Milton Bradley, who was the developer for a lot of these games, or at least owned a lot of these games, mm-hmm. the guy named Milton Bradley. This was the only yeah, game he actually his invented. Name. So he was a lithographer, and he started making games because his lithograph business was failing. At this time, this was 1860, he was selling an image of presidential nominee Abraham Lincoln. So a picture of Lincoln was what okay. he was marketing. But it was Lincoln without a beard. And so when Lincoln started growing a beard, customers were getting upset and said, this is out of date. We don't want this. He had to burn all of his remaining prints. And so he basically lost his business. Mm -hmm. And so he saw a game from overseas and he said, I could adapt that for the U.S. market. And he made the checkered game of life in 1860. Now, when you say checkered game of life, Kent's uh, referring to the fact that it literally was a checkerboard. Yes. That had just little, you know, phrases on each thing. And then you would go up and down the board and kind of earn things and go... You know, it was very simple. Yeah. But then, actually, in 1960, 100 years later, they got the game of life as we know it now. Yes. With, like, the little plastic mountains and, like, the cars, the little pegs that you put in there. And we used to love playing this game as kids. I felt so grown up being yeah. like, I'm a doctor, and I have three children, <laughs> and I just won the Three? Lottery. That's starting pretty... Who knew... That when you were playing that game back in the day, I can't. I have to like you would need like a six cars. <laughs> <laughs> Fill up another car, honey. Go there. We go. Now there's like the dilemma. I don't think we had this in our version back in the day, but it's like, do I go to college and wait a little bit longer and go around the track again, or do I just hurry and go through the game of life? Well, the original game, the checkered game of life, this is it. Featured dangers such as prison, ruin. And suicide. So actually, there was a secure job. It's called Fat Office, and it would lead to that. Or if you went into politics, it took you, because you wanted to die at a happy old age is what Mm -hmm. it was. It took you from that and increased the chances that you land on crime and be sent to prison. This is all a game of virtues. Mm -hmm. And so there were squares of evil, disobedience, vanity, vulgarity, theft, lying, drunkenness, debt, rage, greed, pride, murder, and lust in the checkered game of life. Right. Because well, that's just it. A lot of games, the first board games in America were right. all about virtue and vice and morality-based games. Wouldn't you kind of want to see this at this point? But this one was one of the, was actually kind of seen as kind of an evil game because it changed the game. Ha <laughs> ha. It changed the game and became more about earning money and earning mm-hmm. status. And people were like, this is a very secular game. And it took off. People loved it. Yeah. Like it sold so much at the beginning there. But they did still try to keep it family friendly as possible they didn't use dice if you notice the little spinny thing yeah because dice were related to gambling and so they didn't mm-hmm. want to put that in their game and so they have the little spinny thing which is fun but yeah always, the, but it always spins but it would off. all flip up yeah like you a always, frisbee yeah you like, <laughs> like hit someone in the eye and you're like sorry <laughs> different game don't get me wrong i really enjoyed as a kid when i would play this and it'd be like you're married and i'm like yay and i put the peg in there and i'm yeah. like you're the most beautiful peg in the entire world and i love you <laughs> And then we'd get kids, and yeah. it's like, I'd feel so grown up, and I'd get the money when I'm payday. That would be right. awesome. So and this one has, like, the topographical map as well, depending on which version you play. Yeah. You couldn't quite fold up and put back no in the way. box the no. right way. Yeah. And so it always broke, but still, the map was awesome. This is a game for kids. This is like Candyland, but with real-world financial consequences, <laughs> and but it's still easy enough to play. And so this one, for me, is a straight-up tier one. Now... I enjoy this one. Mm-hmm. I do. But 
it is one of those games that, well, like we had for years. And so all the pieces are missing of and course. things like that. Yeah. Uh, and then it also, it's lost a little bit of the luster as I've grown to be an adult. And I'm like, eh, it's just a game of life. I'm playing it. I don't have to play it on a board. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm giving it a tier two. Is it because it's so traditional that it's just so outdated? I imagine a lot of young people now probably never want to play this because... Well, so we were up at uh, Open Our Cabin up in Idaho right. uh, a couple summers back, and we played this with the kids, and they did get a kick out of it. Like they, it was oh, fun really? Okay. It was fun for them, too. Well, I kind of felt bad for one of my children because she like bought a bunch of art and had no kids and just a bunch of cats. <laughs> like I was just kind no, of concerned. For some people, that would be the way of life. Right, that she would lost be all winning money, the game though. of life. She had, to, she had lost all her all money. Mean and I was game. like, please, please, don't be a premonition of things to come. <laughs> For me, I was going to give this a tier two, but then I remembered how dang cool that spinner is, so I yeah. gave it a tier one. <laughs> you know, just stop, <laughs> just stop. Wait, YouTube. what did you give it? I gave it a tier two. Okay, tier you guys have fun. agreed. I think you guys have agreed on every single one. I like this, Pretty Jake. Much. No, <laughs> you brought on no. a ringer. That's what you did. Yeah, it was the old Jake. <laughs> awesome so there we so go so much fun so there we go that's our list of board games first round we'll say yeah uh, because we do plan on doing more of these if you enjoy the show let us know right and i want to clarify something if you're getting after us for where we gave something in the ranking either too high or too low i want you to do this yourself with five tier ones five tier twos right and five tier threes because honestly we put those constraints on ourselves because Otherwise, I would give everything probably tier ones and Kent would give everything tier, tier twos. Tier so, two. We want you to do it in that constraints and let us know what you think of the games we talked about. Also, if you have recommendations and board games are expensive, but even if they're like heavy strategy games, we will try to have a bacon cell night and play these games so we can talk about them on the show. Not in the next couple of weeks, but in the future. Yeah, because that would be fun. We want to know what other games are out there. Like I said, we have enough, we have some more classic games we haven't used, but to throw in the mix, more popular games, more recent games. Sure, we'd love to do that as well. Absolutely. So before we go, I'd like to thank the I and the Listener category, and that's Terry Finley, Stephen Ross, Adrian Gray, Chris Drought, Braden Winterton, Crew Dutler, Colton Cook, Jennifer Kilkowski. And for a more advanced Star Wars board game, a more civilized podcast recommends Fantasy Flights Rebellion. There you go. And Is he the- getting insider information? How did he know we are going to be talking about that? Mm. I mean, I may have said Shame. <laughs> and from the Baking Council, Nicole D. Hale, Chris Anderson, Ryan Farron, Mats Mudro. We're going to play Connect Four and Reverse Listener. Thank you so much for being patrons. And thank you for being a listener of Bacon Cell as well. We really do appreciate it. And we hope you're doing well. But if you want to find me, you can find me at 76Joel on Twitter. Or you can find me performing with QuickWits online. They're starting to do shows yeah. online during this quarantine time. And you can find those on Saturday night, I believe, at 9 o'clock. Keep an eye on the QuickWits Facebook page. If you want to find me on Twitter and Instagram, it's at Kenny3DD. Want to read my movie reviews at ShowtimeShowdown.com. And if you want to find me on social media, I'm at TumblingMustard on Twitter and Instagram. So please reach out to me if you'd like. And if you'd like to connect with Bacon Sale, of course, you can do so on all of the social medias, including Instagram, apparently, at <laughs> Bacon Sale. And of course, on Facebook, uh, Facebook.com slash Bacon Sale. And then what I would recommend for you is to also check out tpublic.com slash Bacon Sale and get yourself a Bacon Sale shirt. They are not only fun to wear, Joel is sporting a Bacon Sale shirt right now, mm. but some of them are some of the most comfortable shirts I've ever worn. So once again, that's tpublic.com slash Bacon Sale. And of course, if you want to support the show and support what these guys are doing here, which is, let's be honest, I'm going to be like a little listener for a second. Pretty awesome. Oh, thanks. Uh, go ahead and go to patreon.com slash Bacon Sale, and you can go ahead and support the show. Support starts at just 
$3 a month. Mm-hmm. In fact, you can get extra shows uh, there. We do some background or some Pacon bits as we call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just did one recently where we, we somehow talked about Ken's dating life. I, I don't know how. how. Did, how did it, we were supposed to be about time of quarantine. And we talked about Ken's dating life. Not sure. Hmm. So until next time. Yahtzee! Uh, editors know I may have one. I'm not sure. I, maybe, maybe check maybe. the scoring. Listener, you don't work. <laughs> Just keep you your mouth shut your and you, everything should be fine. <laughs> I felt like a princess. That's not in the dictionary. Let's check. My... No proper names. It's not a proper name. Yeah. Sweep in the county at least. Yeah, do we need to move here? Just come to Dunn's house. <laughs> Megaflex. That's what it Megaflex. is. Megaflex. <laughs> I'm not that smart. I don't like making people mad. You do. I do. Also, polio land just didn't have quite the same ring to it. Uh, polio fact. children. You just gave polio children like tier three. Gumdrops. <laughs> Gumdrops make you lose feelings. Okay. Listen You've lost your feelings. Do we just think fancy people should always have monocles? They should. <laughs> I'm just trying to ruin everything for you. I heard Golden Girls and that's where I wanted yep. to stop. Ooh, what? what? He's playing Othello while eating hot dogs. <laughs> hey, you guys want to play Othello? Yes. Oh, I like Shakespeare as well. Uncultured swine. Oh, oh, that makes me sick. <laughs> Start a timer right now. I'm flipping the board. I'm flipping the board on this show. What are you show. giving it? Because I don't like flipping over every piece. Uh, it's so satisfying so, to flip no, over pieces. No, I don't like that manual labor that I do takes not it to a tier three. A <laughs> if the table is not giggling at least 17 times, you're not playing it right. It's breezy, it's fun, it's it's great. It's like the Kent of board games. <laughs> I'm challenging Methodical, okay? There's an architect named Alfred Butts. He made the game, but it... <laughs> okay, there it is. And you're later... Who not successful? Uh, Butts. <laughs> <laughs> who, are, who do you who do buy the rights from? Alfred Butts. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Every man dies. Not every man truly scrabbles. You've got a thousand points, and I'm like, I'm the greatest wordsmith in the world. So you guys are just lazy, and that's why you're getting <laughs> no, these, no, these No, see, three. this is physical labor. Mine is math. I don't want to do math. <laughs> it's electroshock therapy for kids. No, I will share everything fun, ever. Fun fact. You are a Wikipedia article, and I do not approve. They're fun facts for a reason. Only some of them are fun. I don't think I could ever with a straight face because of 80s movies say, want to play a game of Twister? Post puberty, Twister should not be in the mix. <laughs> but I give it tier three for murder. <laughs> and it's never inspired murder in my life. I'm a doctor and I have three children. You're the most beautiful pag in the entire world and I love you. Are you saying you wouldn't date me? <laughs> <laughs> Quotable quotes. Okay. That's recorded. Ah! <laughs>